Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Ramsey with the Empire Life Podcast, and we interview entrepreneurs from all around the world that are building out their own online empires. We're a conscious tech company that help entrepreneurs to launch their online empires. And today we are with Jeremy Griffin. He's the founder of three amazing, successful companies, The Startup Street, Drop Zone and Grizzly Targets, and he also is about to launch a few new radio shows and have a co-working radio space in Tampa, Florida, so that's all super exciting. We're so happy to be here with him today, and we're going to dive into so many juicy, amazing topics, and I'll go ahead and hand it over to Jeremy to intro himself a little bit more. Semi-successful. Semi-successful. Doing well, but not quite in the you know, $20 million each range there. So. <laughs> well, we're all, we all have huge, huge goals and I'm sure you're, you're an overachiever as well. And, and thank you for being, having so much humility. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I mean, it, you know, there's fake it till you make it. And then there's just kind of realizing where you're actually at and owning it. And I think, you know, I think you get a lot more respect when you do it the, the, the ladder there. Right. So but we're, everything's, everything's going good. Um, all three of them are doing pretty well. It's interesting having three separate offices. Um, the running around and the juggling of all of that is turning yeah, into my... Space for each one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, because I can't... Because I've got the... I have a real estate office too, actually. So, you can't combine a lot of these worlds together. And I've tried in the past and there's just, you know, you can't, you can't run marketing out of a manufacturing shop, right? You can't run manufacture, you can't run real estate out of a manufacturing shop. And you can't, the marketing with the real estate, that wasn't working out too well either. So kind of learning how to juggle all three of those has been, um, that's been interesting, right? But luckily they're all pretty close to each other here in Tampa, so that helps. Great. Yeah. And I would like to dive right in, Jeremy, and talk about some of the challenges that you've overcame to achieve the success that you've already achieved and moving forward on continuing to improve and up level continuously. Can you can you give me a few stories from Um I think that probably the number one thing that that I've realized it's helped to to get me to where I'm at over the last probably 15 years now and that I see has uh, a a continuing struggle for myself because you you know you're always trying to grow Um, and for everybody else it's just staying organized and how do I organize all this stuff and I think that a lot of people my cousin just moved down here and he's extremely hand. We grew up working together up in Rochester, New York. Okay. Working on houses and commercial properties and doing things like that and flipping properties uh, for my uncle. And he's very talented and he just came down here and I've got him hooked up with an inordinate amount of investors that I know down here. Right. So now he's finding what I've known for a while, which is it's one thing to be really good at what you do. It's another thing to be able to organize things and fight that urge that you constantly have to be getting the task at hand done in front of you versus, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the work in the business or work on the business. And we've got all these cliched terms for it and all that, but I'm telling you, like it's, it is really, really real. 
And it is by far the hardest part of, of everything that I've had to figure out and everything that I am trying to do even now with, you know, growing all this stuff and launching new things and whatnot. It's just how do we create when we're trying to get something going and we're building it, how do we create it so that organization is like literally built into it, right? Like you want to try to institutionalize processes as much as humanly possible, but also still leave enough creativity room in there so that you're flexible and you know, you're not stifling, you know, innovation and all that stuff. But it's, it's very, very tough. I struggle with it tremendously. I mean, I run around like a chicken with my head cut off, but I'm actually, I think I'm fairly organized and it doesn't seem like that to a lot of people. But if you really look at everything that's going on, you'll see that the, the, goal of maintaining some level of, of organization is it's gotta be like almost the number one priority because otherwise you'll get, you'll get overwhelmed and then things start falling through the cracks and then things get screwed up. Your clients get upset and you forget about appointments and this, that, and the other thing. And I mean, you, nobody can, you know, every business is a shit show. It's just a matter of how much of one it is. Right. Especially like, if you want to do more than one company, which a lot of millionaires have seven streams of uh, on right. seven streams of in income coming in, and and it saves so much time. I completely agree with you on how much time it also saves to have those SOPs yes. and processes from the beginning. And we also really try to encourage that with our clients. And yes. that seems to be when you're an innovative person, which a lot of entrepreneurs are. Yep. They don't want to take the time, nope. like even, even when it comes to, and this seems like a simple process that you will start from the beginning is what is, what do our contracts look like? Right. Even that, the yeah. a lot of times they're like, what, we, we need to do a contract? Like, yep. yeah, we need to have those solid processes of, and <clears throat> understanding what's in that contract. And you're setting expectations then too. Yeah, and what, you know? what hours are you going to be working with your clients? Like, right. you want to put that in your contract or communicate that when you're talking to them. Like, I'm not going to, I'm going to be offline for these hours. Right. To have sanity because there needs to be so much other time devoted to the business <laughs> that's not only devoted to working one on one or yep. working with clients' projects. So, Oh, we, we love the, we, Joel like this, we love the client pop-ins here. <laughs> Hello. Oh, <wow. laughs> oh, it's in the area. You got an hour and a half? Sure. Why not? Not a problem. Let's do it. Oh, How goodness. How do you handle that? Wow. That's I mean, I, here's the thing. And, you know, p people always say, oh, no, no, you got to like, but I'm always cognizant of like, who's, who's signing the check, you know? And when you have ongoing relationships with people, you better be willing to just continue to eat, you know, eat the nonsense and deal with it as best as you can. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, the, cl the clients realize like everybody else in every other transaction, who's paying who, you know, and, and I never, I never want to forget that. I really try very, very hard. Um, and, and, and let's face it, like, I'm not exactly, you know, shy about voicing my opinions on things or whatnot, but I try really, really hard to never forget who's paying who in that relationship. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I work for yeah. you and at the end of the day, I get frustrated and I walk away and I'll crumble and I'll curse and all that, but I have to take a step back and say, okay, well, what do I want to do? Do I want, do I want to just move along 
or am I just making a big deal of this because of a million other things too? And you know, let's get back to work. So I don't know when, when they, I try to establish boundaries like that too, but business is chaotic and you know, but, but you're right. Establishing um, expectations with the contract is something that nobody even wants to go through. Usually because they're just excited and they want to get to work, right? Of course. Come on, let's do it, right? So, As long as you have some kind of loose boundaries, that that's really helpful. Right. At the beginning. And, and like, I'll, I have a boundary that I don't check my email after, like, 6 in the evening. And I still do it. I still right. do it. I have a hard time right. telling myself. And then I read the client's message and I'm like, don't answer, don't answer. You don't answer, answer, don't answer. Oh, I got to answer. Because then as you, if, yeah, if, it is, if you do feel like you have to answer, of course it's okay to answer. Right. But as you do that, you're not keeping within the integrity. If you did set those boundaries, you need to still keep within it, the integrity. Very tough. And most likely, no one's going to die. Sometimes I ask myself, is anyone going to die? Is anyone going to be injured here? But right. And or is something gonna crash with the tech part of it? If the answer is no to all those, then I can answer the next day and everything's probably gonna be okay. And I'm gonna stay within my integrity. But that, even from my side, whether they express urgency or not, it's so challenging for me not to respond right away to everything. It's very tough. Yeah. It's very, it's very tough. And it's just, it's just one juggling act after another you know, with everything, yeah. and which is again, why I'm saying, was saying like organization, you know, yeah. it's just so ridiculously important because you want chaos. Like yeah. growth is chaos. It, exactly. You know? what it's are new. Like when you are starting, what will you say are like your, your top two tips to have that organization, like work with your team <sighs> and talk with your team about it. Um, I would say to, there's that saying, you never know what you know until it's written down. So if all of this stuff is not written down somewhere, um, like, you know, all of your, your clients and your schedules and all that stuff, you need to have all that at the minimum in spreadsheets, you know, and staying organized in that capacity. And here's the thing too, is you think that when somebody's, when you're done with somebody, especially if it's like a one-off project or whatever, all right, cool. I'm done with that. Well, if you end up in a position where you need to drum up some work, the easiest way to get work is to always go to your previous clients, right? Whether it's, you know, you're selling products or you're running a service or whatever, the easiest way is to always go back to the people that have already purchased from you. So if you haven't kept good track of that, that was something I struggled with a lot way back in the day was just, just organizing the very basics. Because again, you just get so into doing the work that it just becomes almost, I'll worry about that later. I'll worry about that later. Next thing you know, it's two months later, that thing's gone. Um, that, and probably I would say, you know, the other tip is the, the longer out that you plan, generally the, the better off things are going to turn out. Right. So you've got to build things kind of with the end in sight. And I think that that does two things. A, it makes sure, and when you're building it with the end in sight, that again goes back to organizing. But when you're building it with the end in sight, at least for you, it allows you to kind of visualize the end of the road and keep an eye on what that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I know what all this looks like down the road. So when things get insane for me or super stressful, that's, it's, I've already programmed that in the back of my mind and I realize this is the means to get there. Whereas if you are just kind of doing it and, 
you know, I mean, I grew up with a lot of people that were literally just every week. It was like, just try to drum up some work. Let's go try to drum up some work. Let's go try to get something going, you know? And it was, there was never any kind of a long-term plan there or whatever. So you're just completely reactionary. And, and again, that also comes back to organizing, right? So yes. a lot of entrepreneurs seem to, to be in that reactionary instead yeah. of within the flow, innovative, creative space. Yeah. Me, I tell my clients that are super creative because we, most entrepreneurs are really innovative and it can feel, I've heard that it can feel like if you're too organized then you're like shackling yourself in. But in my opinion, when you have that infrastructure built in already, you're actually allowing yourself more freedom. Yeah. To maneuver within yep. infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is a point where you do reach, you know, diminishing, uh, diminishing returns, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've known some people that, you know, they haven't worked for two weeks and I go over to their house and they're, you know, they're in their basement straightening it up. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, well, you know, this was down here and a lot of my equipment's down here. And, I, and I'm like, man, no, like you need to get on the phone and get going. But overwhelmingly, yeah, you can't go, you cannot go bad in that, in that arena. So. Cool. Yeah. Jeremy, I wanted to also hop into how you deal or handle and use this as a momentum with your haters or with, with people that don't quite see eye to eye with what you, what you have going on in the world. And I'm sure that you've had a lot of exposure to that with the success of your three companies and then also with your clients. And what are some tips for you on that? I guess, what I'm asking also is what is the mindset for you to be able to use that as momentum to move forward and continue to stay motivated with what you're doing now? And how do you, what advice do you give to your clients and other entrepreneurs about that? So that's always an interesting one, right? Because everybody naturally just wants to lash out on people when they kind of get at them a little bit. But um, we, growing up, we always, used to say, you know, if, if you're not pissing anybody off, then you're not going hard enough, right? So like if nobody's got a problem with you whatsoever, then things have gotten really calm and you're not pushing at things hard enough, right? So I think that as far as how do you deal with that, you just, I mean, look at Grant, Grant always says that you need that. You know what I mean? That that and, and here's here's something that's cool, especially with Facebook and stuff. That'll actually, if you're trying to create a lot of engagement, having a couple people that'll come on and pick some fights and do all that stuff. I mean, that will actually help trigger trigger a lot of things with the algorithm and whatnot, right? So it can be helpful in that regards. But as far as you know, how do you how do you manage those situations like in an immediate way and and the mindset? I mean, you just have to understand that like everybody's coming from a different perspective. And, and I know like for me, for example, like I'm at the point now where, you know, people that I've known for quite some time and whatnot, they're like, Oh man, you know, man, you're, you're really lucky, man. You really lucked out. I'm like, I lucked out. Like I've been working 80 to 90 hours a week for almost two decades. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I've, do you not know me? Like, I'm one of the most unlucky human beings on the face of the planet. At least it feels like it, right? So you just have to remember that everybody's coming from a different perspective. And the only thing you can try to do with that is to literally kill them with kindness. 
and say, listen, I understand it. I understand what's going on, blah, blah, blah. If you ever want to talk, here's where I'm at. You know, come pop in. You don't need an appointment. Um, so that, but then there's, there's the issue of, you know, like fake, fake reviews and just people straight up trying to trash you online. And that's, that's an issue that I don't really have an answer for. I mean, you deal with that as best as you can, but yeah, I mean, here's, if Grant says haters are good, then I'm going with what he says. Okay. Grant so Marco, right? yeah. Yep. Have you ever been to one of his conferences? No, no, I haven't. I'll be honest with you. I don't go to a lot. I go to a lot of other types of conferences. I go to a lot of other, um, uh, like in industry specific conferences, whether it's, you know, for this industry or that industry or that industry, but I don't really go to a whole lot of marketing slash entrepreneur conferences because I'd rather go to the other ones where I know like, okay, so here's an industry I'm familiar with. I'm going to go and I can sell my marketing that we do to all of them, right? Whereas you go to a marketing one and unless you have some kind of like software, or you've got some kind of client service program or whatnot, like everybody's just kind of there to kind of, I don't know, like pump each other up a little bit. And you know, like the, the time thing, I don't even like going to the trade shows a lot these days, right? And I know I'm gonna go in there and just absolutely crush, but I haven't. His, his is the one though, the 10X thing is the one that I probably would like to go to just because I'd like to go and check it out and see what's up with it. Cool, cool, yeah, we, we had some clients that went to one of his events. What'd they say? They said it was really great and that there was a lot of promotions. A lot of the speakers were yep. promoting their products. So they, yep. didn't know, they didn't know what they thought about that, but otherwise they, they really loved everything and they made a lot of cool connections. Right. And, yeah, and no, were, I would love to go to it. Plus it's in Vegas and who doesn't like Vegas, right? Yeah. <laughs> they were also able to ask a lot of feedback on different products that they wanted to launch. Okay. That was, it was a very supportive environment. Good. Good. And so he probably felt the same way that I did then with how the, the, they usually go and wanted to, you know what I mean? Build it a little bit differently than from the sounds of it. Yeah. I wanted to also ask you, what are the no-nos? Like, what should you not do if you see a hater or you have somebody that posts something <laughs> that, you, that you don't agree with? Like, what is what do you not do? <laughs> don't attack back. <laughs> don't, don't turn it into a virtual street fight because nobody wins that. Right. Right? Like, you have, you have got... You've got to remove your ego from what's going on and, and realize that as nerve-wracking as it is seeing your name, a lot of times your own personal name, not even your company's name, right? Seeing your personal name get dragged through the mud like that, there's really not that many people that are seeing it at any given moment. So you think about how big the total marketplace is and then you think about how many people are probably actually gonna see that and then you think about, you know, the last month, and you've probably done a lot more out in public, wherever you're at, to humiliate yourself than you have, and what the damage that that, that, that comment is going to do, right? So, I don't know, like, you just got to, you, you have to realize that you're about ready to just pop off and take a step back and, like, get, getting in there and fighting back on people in a public forum is very, very dicey. And if you're going to try to come in and, and comment and be like, yeah, listen, hey, listen, I got gotcha. you. You know, um, like we were saying with the fake reviews before, 
you know, like there was a couple of them that we had even in, in, in one of our companies, the clients are having some issues with it too, but I'm like, Hey, listen, man, like I don't see your name in our database as a customer, but I want to help you. So can you, you know, can you reach out? Can, you know, can you call so we can get this figured out? But like when you just start doing the comment thing on people's posts and people start, you know, if somebody like somebody starts slamming you on your page, like you, <laughs> you should either, you know, you can, you can always have the option to just hide it, right? You can just hide the comment and then only their friends can see it and they all will, their, their little friends will think that they got over on you and they'll, they can celebrate and everybody can go about their way. But if you're going to respond, you just got to be careful because it's, it's not a face-to-face -face communication, which is why everybody can be so rude on there, you know? And I know some people like, you know, Gary likes to say like, well, it's not, it's just exposing us for who we really are. And it's like, eh, I mean, maybe internally, but I can assure you like in real life, people would not say some of that stuff to me. Yeah. Like if they were standing right there in front of me, I had a situation a little while ago, I had to present um, something at this board and they were having the, the board meeting and there's probably, I don't know, there might've been 30, 40 people in there. I don't know, something along those lines. And I was up there presenting it. It was something that would had a project that had already been finished. And this was like the debriefing. And man, there's a lot of people that started throwing some comments at me. And I'm just, you know, one of the guys is like, man, I've never seen somebody deflect things like that before. I'm like, well, listen, what are you going to do? You know what, am I, am I going to get upset now too? And sure enough, I tell you what, as soon as that board meeting was over with, I went out, I found those handful of people and I walked up to them and I shook their hand. And I said, hey, listen, man, my name is Jeremy. Um, I understand you had these issues. And totally different tone. Completely different tone, right? Because the mob mentality is now gone. Mm. And now it's, now it's person to person. So yeah, I know, you know, I know a lot of people say that, oh, it's, it doesn't, it, it hasn't changed anything. It's just exposing us for who we are, but our thoughts versus our actual actions have always been radically different. So you just got to remember that, you know, everybody's got a point to prove, right? When they're sitting behind the keyboard and you just have to laugh about it and kind of move along. There's yeah. And, and the, how did they even take the time? Or a lot of times I tell myself, wow, I must've been that important for them. Right. The time to make that comment. Same as yeah. when, when we were little, if people gossip about us. Right. And you hear the gossip, you're like, wow, they took their time out of their day to talk about me. Yeah. I've never even talked about them once. Yeah. A lot yeah. And, 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 don't, and don't get me wrong, like, I love debating things on Facebook. I love it, right? And I love to play devil's advocate because I like to see the interaction. And I like to see when, when I see like a, because there's always two, two sides to every coin right? Especially in business, right? So I do enjoy going on to people's pages and I see everybody agreeing on one thing and I like to just toss something out there. Well, maybe whatever, whatever, right? And I do enjoy seeing those interactions and stuff, but that is way different than the way some people go about it on there. So yeah, that's way different. And it, and it becomes way more personal, even if we tell ourselves it's not personal, it's my business. Right. It becomes more personal when they're commenting about <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you were <laughs> I, I don't care what anybody says. Like it's always personal. <laughs> it is. Like anybody's, Oh, it's not personal. It's just business. Like, no, that's my shit that you're talking about. Okay. Like it's personal. I'm offended. I'm upset. Like what, what, uh, you know, I'm only a human being here, you know? So 
Yeah, reach out to me on a direct message. I'll let right. you know that. I would love to talk to you, with you about uh, with you more about this on the direct message, or let's hop on a call. So you you feel like that's the best answer. Yeah, if you're gonna try to deal with it, just deal with it lightly and stay humble and keep a very lighthearted approach to it. Because the minute you turn negative, now you're now you're nobody wins that, right? Like yeah. literally nobody wins that. You both have publicly humiliated yourself. You know, I don't know about you, but I found, I, you know, I, I get commenting sometimes at two o'clock in the morning. It hasn't happened in a little while. Right. But certainly over the years, I mean, everybody that's listening to this right now has woken up on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning and said, oh my God, I never should have said that last night. Mm. Right. So just, you have to keep, keep, keep a clear mind, you know, like when, when it doesn't matter if it's cause you're out and you're partying or you're clouded because of, of anger or a lot of times fear because somebody's slamming you and you automatically think to how many people are going to see this, right? Oh my God, who's going to see that? I can't believe that just happened, right? So it's a lot of times it's just fear, but sometimes it's clouded. Forget, so it, it does get clouded. Sometimes we forget that being more visible also is makes us more, yeah. more, more vulnerable. Yeah, like yeah. Much, much more. Much more, which, which is scary in of itself, to be honest with you. It is. It is. And then when you see somebody slamming you, you're like, oh, I know I shouldn't have been more vulnerable. And now I need to <laughs> back. Yeah. Like, you're saying that, no, that means you're on the right track. You're doing something right. You're moving forward. And if you're facing someone yep. or you're triggering them, you're actually on the best yeah. for you. And you need to keep doing that and moving yeah. forward. Yeah, because like, so when, when, when you have people that – so say you have companies and they get partnered with some kind of an influencer or something like that. And then they promote out whatever it was that you wanted them to promote. And you know, the company that's used to getting two to three to five to 10,000 views on YouTube, all of a sudden got a half a million views. Guess what? The comments get a lot, <laughs> the comments get a lot more real at that point too, right? Just due to the, the much larger nature of all of it. Right? So it's always a, a really, really big eye opener, but that's all you can do is you say, well, this is, this is just how it goes. What are you going to do? You know, like try, try being a politician or, you know, like a, like a global industry leader of anything. I mean, it's, it's awful what people will, will do and you just got to deal with it. And I think it gets easier too. You know, it it's like easy. anything else you get used to it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cause yeah. at first, so the first time we put on drop zone, the one that we just did was actually the second one. The very, very, very first one that I did was almost three years ago. And I won't lie, it was an absolute nightmare, okay? It, was, it did not go how I wanted it to go at all. The people who were in the industry, and just so everybody knows, like we, at that point, we were just attempting to combine a Spartan obstacle course with a live fire shooting competition, right? So that was a very, very process oriented uh, event in that figuring out how do we do this and make it safe and keep the flow going and we can work people through. When I put that together, it was a disaster. I mean, it was an absolute disaster. It wasn't, it was safe and everybody that was like deep in the, into the obstacle course racing and all that stuff saw that I finally cracked the code on how we can do this. But oh my God, the amount of things that people said about me was just, it was absolutely awful. There's people sending 
guy sent out an email blast to like 4,000 people, called it a Mickey Mouse event. Uh, people were just running my name. This guy, this guy is an idiot. He has no clue what he was doing, which that was right. I had no clue what I was doing. He won't listen to anybody. That was true too. But like, I mean, just everybody would just, just absolutely bashed us. So when we did it this next time, I even, there was still some lingering comments. Hopefully it's better than that circus that he did three years ago. I ain't going, you know, I'm like, oh my God, like this is so bad. But if you want national prominence, then you have to be willing to go through national humiliations, right? And that's just how it goes. And there's nothing you can do to get around it because it's always been like that. And it's human nature and like mob mentality, like people in big groups think dramatically differently than they do when they're individuals. You know, and like that, that group mindset sets in, especially now with social media. And it is not an individual exchange one-on-one. -on -one. It is a, it's a group. It's a group over here all casting stones in one direction. And people, human beings have always been like that. So like, what are you going to do? You know, you try to stay out of the way of the stones as best you can, I guess, and uh, laugh and move along. Yeah. Uh, or you try to also talk to the mob like, hey, Guys, you know, I'm really not that bad. I'm actually kind of cool. <laughs> Can I be in your group? <laughs> yeah, but I'll be honest with you. At that point, when people go to that, they won't even admit if they were wrong anyways. That's true. You know, they're like, no, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, he tried to reach out, but I, I'm not humoring that, you know. So, so but you, yeah, you're right. You say it and whether they do it or not. It's to find another mob to find another mob. <laughs> The ang I'm telling you, the angry mob mentality in America right now is getting terrifying. It is. It it's is all terrifying. over the place with everything, with everything. And I'm just like, wow, like, this is really insane what we're dealing with right now. You know, because it's, it, the, the, the worse it gets, the more easily it's exploited for anything. Right. You so know, you have like a brand with a super, super, super loyal tribe to it. Like, that person can do. And I've seen it, too. And I've, I've seen it in the entrepreneurial space online oh, where yeah. I see people do stuff that's like dude that is not cool like you should not you should not do that you should not talk to another human being like that and and I, I if I see that like if I see somebody's trying to get over on somebody else and, the, and it's blatant I don't mind stepping into the middle of that whatsoever right whether it's online or it's honestly if it's real life or whatever right like if I see that it's I'm, I, I can't walk away from it so but you step in and you say something like that. People are like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. This person did this and they did that and they did that and they did. And I'm like, I ain't talking about their freaking resume. Okay. Exactly. I'm talking about the interaction that I just saw that was completely unfair, that was completely uncalled for. Right. But, but those are the followers, you know, True. and we the followers will follow people right off of a cliff. And human beings yeah. have always been like that. Right. So and as one of those leaders, we always need to check ourselves. If, am I in integrity? Am I in humility? Yep. And am I really walking the path that I'm telling my clients to walk? Right. And right. So, so it is, it goes back to the root of it. What, right. what the leader doing is he, is he or she letting their power kind of over consume them? Yep. Are they in integrity within their power? I feel like yeah. it goes back to that. And you, that's, where, that's really where you start to find out who, who has been through what and who really is who, is when people start to go down that path, you know, and, 
and I, I, I see it a lot in all sorts of industries and different organizations and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, you know, you see people and they start, and they, they, they start looking at themselves in a certain way and whatnot. And I'm like, like this guy couldn't lead his way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who is this, who is this person think that they are to talk to these people like this? Right. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I just, I just enjoy the dynamic. Honestly, I enjoy the dynamic of watching different leadership styles and seeing how people respond to it. And especially in the group setting versus the individual setting. Um, we were, cause like I said, we've been testing out the podcast stuff in here in this room for a little while, but we were talking about that the other day in that, you know, marketers, like nobody really wants to go and like actually study the group mentality of the market. We always like to look at the, the end user has that mass that is just an individual. And there's reasons for that, but everybody's always scared to go over to that. Cause the other, the group thing is like the dark side of behavior, right? Yeah, but very true. you know what I'm saying? It's the, and, and, and that is where you start to have seen it throughout history. A lot of people take advantage of a lot of things, right? And we wonder how, all of these nations have gone to war against one another and how, like how, how on earth have we been through 3000 years of constant war on this planet? Right. And it's because of group mindset and some people understand it and they come in and they use it to the advantage and blah, 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 and all that. So I find that interesting to look at that from a marketing perspective when I see things happening, especially now that we're in the online world, because you can form that relationship with people without ever have, of actually having to have met them, right? So yeah. you can literally form an online group of supporters who have never met each other. Most of them have never even met you, but you still see that same kind of mindset of the group coming in. So I, I, what that means or where any of your listeners want to take that, totally up to them. But I, I find it fascinating. The so. Facebook groups, the Facebook groups that are successful and growing at a rapid amount, they, they are honing in. On right. How the group mentality marketing, marketing, and yeah, really beneficial. I completely agree. Yeah, and before we hop off, Jeremy, I wanted to go into what are the three tips that you will give to new entrepreneurs, or or things that you wish you knew when you were first getting started. Okay, so I always say this first and foremost because this is the probably the one thing that I struggle with the most, right? And the movie was not even out back then. But if you want to party like you're on the Wolf of Wall Street, when you're just getting started, it's not going to be conducive to putting things together in a meaningful way, right? If you're really talented, yeah, you can do it and kind of keep stumbling along. Um, Lord knows I stumbled along for long enough. But you've really got to try to make sure that as you start growing and you start, you know, running into you know, different levels of cash that you're used to, that you take your personal life and you make sure you keep that real back a little bit. And, and, and a lot of people aren't going to go out and just kind of party it up like that, like crazy, but they'll go out and they'll start buying all sorts of stuff that they need and this, that, and the other thing. And so like, you've got to be cognizant of that and you have to see that it's coming, right? Like it's coming and you have to understand where you're at. Um, second thing is probably like I was saying, try to build it with the end in sight because I think that, that helps you to stay organized and actually build it where it makes sense to you then internally. It'll help you deal with the stress and whatnot. Um, 
And then the third thing is probably, I would say, honestly, probably the one thing that I see a lot of small companies and a lot of small businesses not doing a lot of that I've been doing a ton of, and I'm do it with all the clients, and it's a big part of our success, is reaching out and forming some kind of handshake partnerships with complementary industries, right? And, and you don't have to come up with some kind of a contract or this, that, or the other thing, but like, if you are roofing houses, it will do you a tremendous amount of good to just go and introduce yourself to some carpenters and some builders and some flooring guys and some HVAC guys and this, that, and the other thing and give them your cards and take theirs and try to kick them some leads. And when you do that, you're essentially building a hub in the industry as a whole because most, most, most of us are pretty niched out at this point, right? We're in an industry, but we're doing a certain thing within that industry. There's not a whole lot of people in any industry at this point that are just doing all of it, right? Unless you're like Procter & Gamble or something like that, right? So doing that and creating that network, I think is tremendously important and it doesn't cost a penny and it, it will elevate you whether you want to be elevated or not. Because if you do that, the very fact that you're trying to do that will raise some eyebrows you're becoming more valuable in the community, in the industry. It's just, it's a really, really good tactic to do that. And I don't see nearly enough people doing things like that. And it, it amazes me. Yeah. Because ultimately your clients will ask you all kinds of questions of, do you know somebody that could do that? Can you help me with that? And if right. you've already thought about it and planned with the end in sight, you'd be like, yeah, I know Joe and I'm going to, this is, I can connect you guys. Right. And if you and Joe already have an agreement, yeah, we have 17 more or more and more. We're always adding to our team. And a lot of people on our team are partnerships that we've created. Right. We have some kind of agreement and we may not utilize those people every month, but right. oh, if the client was, if that was to come up with a client. Yeah. We are, and here's the thing. You don't, you don't have to kick people that, that much work to leave a lasting impression. Yeah. You know, I mean, you really don't. And then when you, when you're talking about, you know, in any given industry, you can create a network of 10 complementary companies, you know, niches and you fill them. You really then only need them to kick you one or two things. You know, each one, if, if, if each one of them kicked, if one out of the 10 of them kicks you something per month, right? depending on what this, what we're talking about in contract size and stuff like that, that can be a total game changer. Oh yeah. You gotta go out and force that. Like you can't just have a client say, cool, well, if, if you refer me out, I'll do this, that, or the other thing. Like go out and find the people that have your clients that are in a complementary industry and figure out how you guys can work together and leverage all of those contacts that they have, right? And, not, and preferably people with a lot more contacts than you, right? If yeah. you're just getting going, you know, you wanna find the, other company that's in your industry that's that's kind of that little sweet spot you're always looking for right like not a super multinational but not just a single loan store you know you want somebody with a decent base but they're still pretty local find a way to partner with them it's it's it always amazes me people don't do more of that me too i i completely agree there we go how was that what will you say the third one is or was that three i think that was three Okay. I think that was three. I don't know. I'm okay, sure we can whip up another one if need be. 
Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, it was, it's such a pleasure. And people can contact you on the Startup Streets, Drop Zone, and Grizzly Targets. Yep. And are you on Instagram and Facebook as well? Yep, all that stuff. It's, it's all out there. Um, Jeremy Griffin. Yep, I'd love to be able to, uh, you know, I'd love to hear from people. And by all means, if there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. I really appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you.